Hey there, Mark. How are you doing today? Pretty good. I had a good dinner. Well, a good late lunch, I guess. Well, I want to start off by thanking you for your patience with me in recording tonight. I know I'm a few minutes late, and I know I texted you the reason, but our listeners don't. So the reason why I'm late recording tonight is because I was eating a mango, and it was freaking delicious, and it was an amazing deal. So I'm going to tell you the story of it, of my bonkers mango, Mark. Okay. I can't imagine what a mango story in the Chicago area sounds like, but... (laughs) So, this evening, I went to the grocery store, and I was walking through, specifically to buy steak for dinner tonight, because we're recording on a holiday, and I just, I wanted steak, so. I was walking through straight to the meat counter, and I walked by, the through the produce section, and all of a sudden, I see, out of the corner of my eyes, three mangoes for 99 cents. And I'm like... I'm not an idiot. I'm going to buy a couple mangoes. I know a deal when I see one. (laughs) Yeah. So I bought some mangoes. I bought three of them to be specific. And I'm going to buy more tomorrow morning before work. Because I bought one that was definitely like ripe, ready to eat at the moment. And then two that were like, we'll be ready in a day or two. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I ate the ripe mango this evening. And... Dear Lord, it was delicious. I love mangoes. They're one of those things that I don't eat very often because we don't, or I don't really live in a mango growing climate. Yeah. So they're very important, very imported and somewhat seasonal. But dang, when you got that deal, three mangoes for 99 cents, that's a good price. The reason that I don't eat mango very often is because it's a pain in the butt. Yeah, it it is a pain in the butt. That's why I'm late, because it took me a while to eat it. <laughs> like, I, I do like mango. I like mango flavoring and all that, but I'll typically just get cut up mango. There's a lot of fruit that I'm way too lazy to purchase on my own. Oh, that uh-huh. reminds me. I was going to get watermelon at the store. My mom told me that she and my dad were having watermelon today, and it sounded super good. Ooh. And then it just slipped my mind, so maybe I'll go back to the store after we record to get some watermelon. Nice. We'll both go grocery shopping in the next 12 hours. Woo. So did you get a steak? Yes, I did. Yeah? Was your butcher shop not open? It was not. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Which was kind of sad because it it wasn't really sad. Honestly, it was a nice half an hour drive out there. I really should find one closer, but it's kind of fun because it like it makes it like an occasion, so I don't do it very often. Well, yeah, and butcher shops by by design are half an hour away. Like that's kind of the rule in my experience with my family. It's like you have to drive somewhere. Yeah, so they were closed, but I ended up going to a couple of different grocery stores and finally tracking down one that had they had a decent meat selection. The first one that I went to had a terrible meat selection. Hmm. They had one type of steak. Yeah. And I was just like, bruh. What kind? It's the type just of steak that I... The kind that just says beef? <laughs> no, they had... They had, um, they had like, T-bone steaks. Okay. So they were, like, bone-in and stuff. And a bone-in steak is good, but they're also, like... They're pretty thick cut, and that's not what I was looking for tonight. Well, that's right. So, hmm. Yeah. No, my stakeout turned out pretty good. I, I, I think I did it just a little overcooked. 
Uh-huh. I think it was a matter of I I put it in the oven for a little longer than I should have, but it was very hard to tell. I don't own a meat thermometer or anything. Okay. Yeah. So I was just I was guessing on the low end of everything that I was reading. Mm-hmm. I probably still could have gone gone five or ten minutes less in the oven, but yeah. it, it still turned out well. Like I was still pleased with how it tasted and everything, and the fact mm-hmm. that I could cut it. Like I don't own any steak knife, so the fact that I could cut it well with my butter knife felt pretty good. Wow! Uh, yeah. And then my side was I had little mini potatoes that I cut up, and then I've been very lazy with my vegetables, <laughs> so I've been buying. Like, pre-cut kebab skewers of vegetables. Huh. Which, it's like three bucks for two skewers, and each skewer is good for, like, a thing in a meal. So yeah, dur- that's not bad. During the week, I'll do, like, a skewer with my pasta, and that'll be my dinner. Ah. And the skewer, the reason I like the skewer is that it has peppers and onions and zucchini and mushrooms. And so it gives you good variety. Exactly. Because you know, if I'm just buying vegetables, I will buy a few green peppers and like a zucchini and then have those throughout the week. And it's yeah. fine. But having yeah the variety and like sauteing it all on a bunch of butter with the potatoes. Oh, it was so good. Mm-hmm. So it turned out well. Mm, mango. I almost got starfruit at the store the other day. Ooh. I've I've been wanting to try just go out and just on one shopping trip buy a bunch of exotic fruit that I've never eaten. Yeah. So buy like star fruit and dragon fruit and other fruits that I have never actually heard of. Mm-hmm. But I've yet to build up the confidence to just do it. Yeah. Because you know you pick them up and you feel them and you're like that doesn't feel like a fruit, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, Especially starfruit, like, I was looking at it, and I googled it, like, what's the deal with starfruit? And (laughs) apparently, like, the instructions were basically, like, uh, chop off the ends and take out the seeds, just like everything else. So, it shouldn't be that difficult. But then I picked it up, and it looks like it should be almost, like, squishy, but it's not. It's very weird. Yeah. So I chickened out at that point. With, with exotic fruit or fruits that we don't typically have here in the united states i feel like i have no idea how to tell if they're ripe or not well that's why i googled like i could tell that the ones that i was looking at were ripe mm-hmm. at least star I, i'm just focusing on star fruit because it caught my eye and so i was googling it for about three minutes just sitting with an empty basket staring at star fruit and staring at my phone i <laughs> love doing that at the at grocery like, store just googling stuff at like 9 30 at night walking around you well it was like 9 30 at night so there weren't many people either <laughs> that's the perks uh, of going at 9 30 at night that is true because people suck and so i know that it should be almost completely yellow it's just a little bit of green highlighting it Okay. And the star fruit that I was staring at matched that description quite well. But I still just couldn't get myself to do it. So some other day. Mm-hmm. Hmm. That, you're talking about exotic fruits. This isn't very related, but it's still food related. It made me think about, uh, this weekend I watched a YouTube video about odd food combinations. Oh, God. And... <laughs> I think I think tomorrow morning before work, because I'm already going to go to the grocery store to buy some more mangoes, I think mm-hmm. I'm going to buy one of the odd food combinations and bring it to work and try to get some of my coworkers to try it, because some of them sound really fascinating, and so there were a couple in the video that I've heard before, like, have you ever heard about uh, 
pickles and peanut butter. No. You've oh wow I I'm actually kind of surprised you haven't heard well, of that. Well, the thing with weird food combinations is that there are some food combinations that some people view as relatively standard that gross me out. So. Okay. Well, one of them that I'm definitely going to try at some point is pickles and peanut butter because it's a a highly talked about one. But something that I've never heard of that oddly in my brain seems like it might work, and now I'm just going to sound crazy saying this, is bananas and pesto. Oh, God. I knew this would horrify you. Well, it doesn't it's horrify me. It's it just up. there are certain things where I just view it as I like certain individual components. I like pickles a lot, mm-hmm. but I like them on burgers or I like them just as pickles that I just eat like a pickle. Yeah. It's even things like, so So this is a what I consider a standard thing that I've heard a lot of people do that I have friends who eat this and I think that it's gross. Which is apples and peanut butter. <clears throat> Grosses me out. Why is it gr- Well, part of it is that I'm just not a big peanut butter person. So that's mm-hmm. one aspect of it. But the other thing is just like, I just like apples. Even apples and caramel, nine times out of ten, I'd rather just have an apple. Mm-hmm. I eat a lot of apples. And I just like an apple as an apple. I don't need anything weird going on with it. Yeah. So... That's my typical view on a lot of these combinations. Okay. Is that it's just not worth it. See, I... I think I feel like there's a lot of diminishing returns and a lot of... There's a big gamble with something like bananas and pesto. (laughs) What's the gamble? I'm going to ruin a banana that I could have just eaten and enjoyed the potassium. And now I feel like I have to... You're going to a single bite of a banana. Because if you don't like the first bite, you don't <sighs> have to just, put pesto on anyone after just associate that. it with the banana, and it'll be the banana's fault, and it'll feel bad, and I'll just have to throw it out. It'll be a whole thing. You're going to throw out a <laughs> banana just because you feel bad? No. You're a monster. No, I'm not going to try it with pesto in the first place. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to bring bananas and pesto... Oh, God bananas and pesto to work tomorrow and try to convince my coworkers to try it and that's fine you're welcome to do that and they're all gonna tell me that mark's a fool and he should try it and then our next podcast will feature mark trying bananas and pesto look i don't begrudge people who enjoy certain food combinations i'm happy for you that you found something that you enjoy but that doesn't mean that i need to try it or that i need to like it as well okay I don't force other things on people that they have to try some food combination that I enjoy. See, I think you should. That that's I can how suggest life works. it. And then if you say no, then I say okay. I respect that. Nah, that's what I learned in college as a CA or an RA, as others might say. I'm, I'm disappointed that your college did not hold the same high standard for their RAs. It speaks a lot about you. Oh, oh, it does now? <laughs> That's great to know, Mark. I'm so glad you told me that. Uh, I'm calling you a terrible person, Grant. In case yeah, I gathered. In case gathered. your small school education didn't allow you to understand that. Oh, my small school education. <laughs> Don't you mean my close, tight-knit community that helped me grow as a person? Yep. Clearly it didn't okay. work very well. Well, that's good to know. I'm really glad that 
you know so much about my college education having visited me only once throughout my entire time in college. How many times but did you visit anyway, me? <laughs> I visited you, you the exact same amount of times. Nope, so... you never visited me at college. <laughs> wow, I at least remember the time that I vi- that you visited me. You don't even remember when did I visited visit you. Did you visit me or did you just visit the university? I visited you, you and showed Jack up on happened campus. to be there. Yeah, are you sure about that? <laughs> I was coming for you. Okay. Because I cared about you, but it's clear that you don't care about me. So, bye, Mark. This episode is over. I'm just going to loop kidding. that one phrase over and over again. What phrase? I'll let you figure that one out. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> I'll tell you afterward. <laughs> well, this has gotten really heated and really far from the topic that I thought this podcast was going to be about. All you had to suggest was something about mangoes, and then that petered off pretty quickly. So let's just move on. Okay. So should we move on to comics now? Yes. But before I read your comic... Oh, God. No. Before I read your comic, it it says in the show oh, notes... Oh, dang it. I'm an idiot. Your comic okay. is first. But, but first of all... Oh, no. We had a discussion about possible topics of this... Yeah, does your comic have anything to do with it? Because mine does. Okay, it can, but it doesn't have to. But if it does, do we need to put, like, a spoiler warning on the start of this? Yeah, I'll take care of it. Okay. Okay, so Grant decided to go see Endgame this morning, because he and I talked last night, and he decided to see it this morning. I also decided to just go see it again this morning with anticipation. (laughs) Yeah, I was anticipating this. Uh, So... (laughs) We're going to talk about Endgame, and both of our comics are somehow going to relate. Glancing over Grant's comic, mine is going to relate a bit more directly. But maybe we can just do both of our comics right away, and then just jump into it. Okay. How about that? That sounds good. Okay. So, we'll do. I'll do some sort of a official loud spoiler alert that's a weird sound that you normally don't hear in this podcast. I'll figure that out later. That was a pause for that sound. Uh... And now we will get into Grant's comic, which is Drabble by Kevin Fagan. And we have a woman uh, talking to maybe her husband, who is wearing a swimsuit, and there is some sort of a kiddie pool-looking thing behind him. He seems to be a little wet. Uh, And the woman is saying, Ralph, what are you doing? And the man says, drying off and the woman says that's one of my good towels don't use a good towel to dry yourself and then we change scenes to the man in the kitchen wiping himself down with a paper towel saying or thinking it's a sad day when you learn you're not worthy of the good towels (sighs) I'm really conflicted because I don't want you to just go immediately to my comic because I have no idea where you're, how this relates. See, because in order to make mine relate, I have to dive directly into hardcore endgame spoilers. Okay, Not well, just hardcore, read my comic and then we'll but... just do a recap of yours. Okay. Mine is pretty direct. Good. So Mark's comic for the week is Reality Check by Dave Wamond. And the scene has Iron Man opening up a fridge, looking in. It appears to be a workplace fridge. There are bags in the fridge. 
labeled Captain America, No Touch Hulk's Lunch. There's one with a spider on it. And then there's a bag with Thor's hammer sitting on top of it, simply labeled Thor. And the caption for the comic reads, In the Avengers fridge, no one steals Thor's lunch. No one. Okay, so back to this paper towel thing. (laughs) It's funny because our comics relate. What? Because after Endgame, oh, oh, it appears that duh, your comic is false. Duh, that's what you mean. Oh, God. Okay. So my yeah. comic talks about the concept of worthiness. And yeah. in Drabble, the man is clearly not worthy of the good towels. <laughs> clearly. <laughs> but So he has to resort to paper towels. But in Endgame, Captain America, in my... I've watched it once, so maybe this isn't actually my like long-term favorite scene. But the scene that I legitimately out loud in the theater said "holy shit" to <laughs> was when Captain America reached out and Thor's hammer like launched into his hand, and I lost my beans. <laughs> that was pretty good. I I'm not normally one of those people who during movies like has to say something out loud and just like. But, like, that moment was awesome. Yeah. No, it's very good. There were a lot of moments in the movie where it was just, like, I just caught myself kind of almost giggling to myself. Yeah. Like, I don't care if the concept of this movie is good or if the content of it is good. Whatever just happened on the screen was awesome, and I enjoyed it. Yeah. Well, I think what I like about that scene is that they kind of casually ramp it up just another level when you realize oh no he can't just he doesn't just get to hold the hammer like he gets to use lightning and stuff yeah and he just does it so casually it was (laughs) well so the i don't know how much memory you have for previous uh avengers movies i know the avengers one scene that i'm guessing you're about to talk about it's it's actually the second one age of ultron where they oh, have the it? big party at Tony Stark's, and then they're is all that taking... Is Age of Ultron? See, it, yeah, it's the, the beginning scene, of Age of Ultron. Just wrong movie. Okay. Yeah. And so they're all standing around trying to lift the hammer, and uh, Thor only gets a little worried when he sees Captain America go and try and do it, and it budges just slightly. Yeah. And so the, the theory out there is that he totally could have. Like, you wouldn't be able to budget at all. And so... Uh, Captain America was just pretending that he couldn't to not like show up Thor or anything like he totally could have and he accidentally moved it a little bit but then he was like no I'll just pretend that I couldn't yeah and then Thor says you know in Endgame he says I knew it yes you know so that was really good but so that that was pretty much the whole concept of my comic for the week Gotcha. If you hadn't wanted to go down the whole Avengers route, I was going to turn it into something else, but yeah. something that's the more whole broad. reason for my comic. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, general thoughts on the movie. I enjoyed it a lot, and I was very impressed with the number of people that were at the theater to see it <laughs> at 1040 on a Monday. Yep, same. I, like, I, so I, I got to the theater at, like, 
1037 or something and i went to the front desk to get a ticket and the dude like showed me what seats were available in the theater and my jaw dropped to the floor because like most of this most of the good seats were taken mm-hmm. and i was back i was expecting to walk into the theater and to be like one of maybe two people there and it was like it wasn't packed but it was fuller than most movies that i've seen yeah i mean it helps that it's a holiday it yes that did help but yeah i I had the same reaction where i was looking at uh you know local theaters to go see it at because i always just get tickets online at this point yeah and the closest theater to me had a 940 showing that was almost completely full. Gosh. And that was weird. So I went to the other bigger theater that I normally go to and like there is still it was still probably at least half if uh, at least half full by the time everybody was in there. Yeah. So yeah, that was pretty impressive. <laughs> mhm. So that was kind of my first impression of it. It was just yeah. the number of people that were there. Also, the demographics. I was expecting being it was like a holiday weekend and most lots of schools are getting out by now. I was expecting it to be like 90% like school-aged kids. But there were a lot of like older people there. Mm-hmm. Not to be offensive or anything, but like people like our parents' age or older. Yeah. Which was but... weird to me. I don't know. Yeah, but those are also the people who are more used to going to a movie during the day. Yeah, I guess. But, like, those are not the demographic that I expect to see Avengers Endgame. Yeah. But, you know, it's just, it's a big movie. It, you know, it's, yeah. if anything is able to appeal to a lot of people, it's superhero movies. True. True. So the one thing that I really wanted to talk about... <laughs> My favorite thing that I learned about the movie after the fact okay, uh, is that a bunch of Australian theaters on opening night listed the listed the official runtime of the movie at 19 minutes. Can you guess why? Is that the amount of... Uh, I don't know. 19 minutes minutes is exactly when we fade to black right after Thanos' head is cut off. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Yeah. So, like, the first time that I saw the movie, that happened, and I swear the fade to black felt so much longer the first time that it did the second time. Like, it felt like a good 20 seconds before the five years later came up. And, and the five sitting... years later took forever. That too. <laughs> it was like five dot 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 years. Oh, I it know. just like when I was watching it, I was like, five what? And then when years <laughs> popped up, I was like, oh yeah, five years later. Okay. Yeah. But at first I was like, huh? Yeah. Yeah. So that fade to black felt like it took forever. And the people around me, people were quietly cracking the whole joke of like, good movie (laughs) you know like fake getting up and stuff that didn't happen in the showing this morning and it didn't feel like it took as long but yeah that was hilarious when i learned that after the fact (laughs) that's so good yeah i yeah i looking back on it when i was watching it through i was like that happened and then i was like 
well, crap, now what's the rest of the movie going to be about? <laughs> yeah, they did a good job concealing all that. And I really I really appreciate that that's the direction they took. And I yeah. think, honestly, it's probably the direction they, no matter what, would have taken. Because, like, doing the predictable movie would have been really disappointing. Yeah, like a two-hour fight against... Like yeah. we we already did that in Infinity War, you yeah, know. It was just like an hour and a half build up to the battle with Thanos, and then another battle with Thanos where they actually somehow won. Like it would have just been sad. Which is, I mean, on a well, it was. There yeah, were lots of sad a, moments in it yeah, in the first place. Well, on a very like, good big, sad. on a very big time scale, that is what Endgame was. Was a lot of build up to a final fight against Thanos where they somehow won. <laughs> Yes. But uh, not in the obvious way at all. Yeah. Hmm. That was a good movie. Yeah. The other thing about the movie it, that I haven't had the time to think through yet, because mm-hmm. um, I have a big thing against time travel in movies and TV shows. Okay. I really don't like it. Mm-hmm. But I, on first watch, I don't mind it in Endgame. And I don't know. I feel like it, in many cases, is an opportunity for writers just to kind of find some MacGuffin or whatever where they can just say, okay, now I can do anything with the story, take back any decisions that I didn't like completely the first time around, and just redo everything. But the thing on first watch that I appreciated about the way time travel was done is that it didn't just, like, it doesn't as much detract from the weight of things that have happened in previous movies. I don't know. Well, yeah, because, I mean, the whole thing is the present, like, it was set up in a way that was really clever, which was the present is still the present. The past five years still happened exactly as they happened in a weird way. Mm-hmm. And it's just that, like, they were able to change the timeline by utilizing stuff and then still putting it all back where it was. Like, it's a weird, like, twisty thing, but it's the only one that purposefully does not take advantage of any sort of butterfly effect thing that you almost always seen time travel. Yeah. And my guess is that subconsciously how they made it nicer for you is that they were consistently pointing out the people who were being dumb about relating it to their popular uh, yeah. culture versions of time travel, you know? Yep. That was a smart way of doing it. Wait, so it. Back to the Future is just a bunch of BS? <laughs> <laughs> that was honestly like... I don't, that wasn't the actual line, but when that came up in the movie, I was just like, <laughs> I like that. Right. The other, yeah. what I liked about seeing it a second time was a lot of little details that I didn't notice the first time. So yeah. when, when they are all ascending onto the platform to do the whole, to start the whole time travel thing and they have a little, you know, little montage thing. One of the thing that flashes across the like holographic screen is that the official name of the project ended up being Time Heist. Yeah. 
I didn't notice that the first time. I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> you didn't even want to do the time heist. You didn't believe in the time heist. <laughs> time heist. <laughs> That's so yeah, good. I, I'm, I'm gonna say, on the first watch, I very much enjoyed the movie. It was a very entertaining movie, and I thought it was very well done. So I don't know. Yeah. I'm. Yeah. Those are my like kind of original or first base level reactions to it. I can say that it even on the second watch through uh is the I would say the only Marvel movie that I've seen that has made me like tear up. I was in the beginning of the movie cuz the beginning is pretty sad. Mm-hmm. There were a lot of moments where I was like is this just going to be a miserably sad movie? Especially the brutal, like, just hard start with no credits. Yeah. With Clint. Mm -hmm. That was, when that happened, I I was, like, trying to think about it intellectually really hard, so I wasn't thinking about how sad it was. Yeah. Because it was honestly a really great way to start the movie, because it just, like, it dropped you back into the final moments of Infinity War and kind of the feelings that you had in it, which I think really helped mm-hmm. build a foundation for the motivations for the rest of the movie, where without it, it would have been really easy. Because I didn't really feel the same feelings that I felt at the end of Infinity War when I was sitting down in the theater. Mm-hmm. But like... Yeah. You were getting that... ready for some real Avengers <laughs> Yeah. Like, I was getting ready for like... A, a like a badass superhero like these guys fight these other guys in a really cool CGI way type movie mm-hmm. but then it really brought you back to the final moments of Infinity War so it felt more like both movies were really well connected yeah and, and I would say that I mean I don't have a big memory of Infinity War but my criticism of most Marvel movies uh, over the past number of years has been at least a big one since I would say like Captain America time or so like I, I liked I always liked watching them as action movies but I didn't consider them good movies mm-hmm. and this is the only one really that sticks in my mind now is like this was a well written good movie in its own right mm-hmm you know, like, obviously yeah. it's built on years of this uni- universe development, but it's still, like, the way that the story is told, that there is a story to tell that isn't stupid, that isn't based on miscommunication or something like Captain America Civil War is, uh, or all this other dumb stuff that kind of forces conflict on stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually enjoyed it as a movie on its own. Yeah. A funny thing that I saw written somewhere was uh, Black Widow casually showing the world that gingers do in fact have souls. (laughs) Where'd you see that? (laughs) Probably Reddit. I was going to say, that sounds like a very Reddit thing. That was like my first thought when you said that. I was like, he definitely read that on Reddit. <laughs> uh, but it's so funny. 
for such a brutal scene. <laughs> there were a lot of really brutal scenes in the movie. There were. But the movie, I don't know, looking back on it, it doesn't feel like a purely brutal movie for the number of just horribly brutal scenes. Yeah, it's like a it's like a bittersweet movie in my mind. Mm-hmm. Like, because it's definitely not pure action. Obviously, there's a lot of action, especially at the end. But it's it's more just like this whole wrapping up of as many stories as possible. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I'm thinking about right now is... So, right before the movie starts, it starts with maybe just in the theaters at least, it starts with uh, Tom Holland on the screen saying that... I was going to ask you about that if you had that too. Because, <laughs> yeah, I did. And it was something that, like, popped out to me because I, I'd i been pretty careful not to get any spoilers. But going into the movie, I fully expected, like, they're going to win, they're going to reverse the snap because, like, that's how it's going to work. Yeah, I just kind of assumed it going into it and so I guess that was somewhat of a spoiler. But when that popped up on the screen, I was like, so is there something in the next Spider-Man movie <laughs> that is going to be more of a spoiler than just like Spider-Man survives? Because I already know there's going to be another Spider-Man movie, so I know he's going to survive. Yeah. So I was sitting there and I was like trying to decide if that was lame or I don't know trying to decide how i felt about it and then the movie started and then there was just like all the feelings of well that was not the beginning i expected <laughs> right <laughs> they killed him a lot quicker than i was planning on yeah um but then i waited around for the end and to see how the actual trailer for the next spider-man movie started and i was like ah yeah good call not putting that one before the movie <laughs> I, I honestly didn't stick around to see the official trailer. Like I've seen uh I've seen like teaser trailers for Far From Home that yeah. were shown before movies. Same. Which provide nothing. Uh but I haven't actually watched the official trailer. I don't really care enough to sit around for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll still go see it though. I do like Tom So this this was a general question that I that I had for you. Do you find it weird that there are so many, uh, I'll say generally British actors who do good American accents? Yeah. But that you don't really ever hear it the other way? You never hear of an American actor successfully doing a British accent? Do you not? I don't well, know. I've heard of it, like, I mean, good enough for us, probably. But that doesn't yeah. matter. It doesn't matter if it's good enough for us. <laughs> but like, wait, we're Tom, not the center of the world. But like Tom Holland and Benedict Cumberbatch, like I remember watching Doctor Strange and being like, "Whoa, that's pretty good." <laughs> yeah, I wonder how many takes every single line took, or if he just is really good at it. And same with Tom Holland. Like I always forget that he's British. Yeah, that's it's something weird. that I I never think about that, but. He does have a very good American accent. Yeah, like, I don't know. It's, it's just always in the back of my head that they both, like, it doesn't, 
I mean, ironically, it slightly takes me out of the movie mentally because I'm thinking about how good their accent is. But <laughs> it's mm-hmm. better than being distracted by it being really bad and weird. Yeah, I don't know, to be honest, how I... It... Uh... Well, I don't know. I'm not going <laughs> to add any useful input to this conversation, Mark. I'm going to be honest. That's okay. I very much like Tom Holland as a as the Spider-Man character, so... Oh, yeah, he's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I think he does a very good job at it. And He does. Well, and I like it because it's a weird situation of almost, like, regressing in who's playing it. Because normally, like, especially as time has gone on, you get, like, these older and older actors playing younger and younger uh, characters. Yeah. But with Spider-Man, it's been kind of the exact opposite, where it's like Tobey Maguire did not look like he was a high schooler at all. Not at all. In any of the (laughs) Spider-Man movies. No. And obviously Andrew Garfield looked much more like it, but Tom Holland looks like just an innocent little kid. And he just plays it so well. I think he's a very mature young actor, and so he, he fits the role very, very well. Yeah, and and also, I mean, I know that when you see him in interviews, he just has that sort of a personality. What do you like, mean by that sort of a personality? Well, as in as in the way that he talks in the movie, as like always very excitable and kind of just shocked and awed at the entire situation and doesn't like, it's not sinking in what he's doing. Yeah. Like, unlike, you know, like Age of Ultron uh wanda has the whole like identity crisis where she's like what the heck am i doing and like i can't be a hero and all this sort of stuff mm-hmm. uh and i don't recall in like the uh spider-man movie uh whatever the was was it's homecoming was the yeah. first one uh i don't recall him ever having that same sort of like uh crisis around him becoming spider-man and being a hero and uh, so he just always seems sort of generally shocked and amazed at the fact that he's doing this but never freaked out about it in a certain way yeah he he has that like childlike sense of wonder where he's like oh my god i have a super suit yeah Oh my Activate god! Instant kill. I've got this. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I've got this. I've got this. I don't think I have this I anymore. This. <laughs> yeah, and so, but when you see him in interviews, he has the same feeling about being in the franchise. It seems like, yeah, like he's just super happy and in awe of the fact that he has this job, and he just loves it so much, mm-hmm. and that's what makes it like way more fun. I think. Yeah. Because I just I don't get that like not that I don't get that feeling from anybody else but everybody else is like an adult I've seen them do other things yeah so it I feels don't very, think much about it very like much a job for them a little bit like yeah like obviously they all like it they've been doing it for years especially like Robert Downey Jr. yeah you know has been doing it for whatever you know well over ten years now I don't remember when Iron Man came out but it was over ten years ago. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like, he sort of embodies it, but I've still seen him in a couple other things, and he just doesn't have a character that, you know, uh, gives you that sort of sense. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I like Tom Holland. He's fun. I was going to say, do you think we 
Do you think we like and connect well with Tom Holland's character because it's just closer to where we're at in our lives right now? Or I know that's what? kind of a... I don't know. I'm not, I, don't even, I don't even think that I necessarily connect with him, but I just, I like that okay. he's playing it very true. Like, I like his version of Spider-Man better than anything else. Is it because it just feels genuine and... Yeah, yeah. It's not okay. like, like the Tobey Maguire one was kind of like, like it, they're good movies. They're kind of gritty and stuff. And they have that sort of gritty realism to them. Mm-hmm. Uh... And I hardly remember Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man. I don't really care. And the, <laughs> but Tom's feels very, yeah, it just feels very genuine. Like it's, it feels more like a comic. And, and, and it, I think that it comes at the same time. Like, did you ever see, uh, Into the Spider-Verse? I haven't yet. Oh, okay. So that's I also very to. good and very funny. And it's, and it's develop. it's, it's, uh, done in a style that plays to the sort of comic nature of it. Mm-hmm. Like, the entire animation style makes it look like a comic book. Yeah, that's what I've and, heard. And, and so it's really good, but Tom Holland reminds me of, like, obviously it's a it's live action, but it feels very similar. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't know. Now I just kind of go want to go back and watch certain movies. Like, I want to watch Doctor Strange again. I remember liking that movie a lot. I've seen it a couple of times, and yeah. That's one of the few MCU movies that I've seen a couple of times. Hmm. I think it's... I've only seen it once. I think the one that I've seen the most is probably Civil War. Even though it uh, it's probably my least favorite as a movie, it's the mm-hmm. most entertaining for me. Interesting. It's hard, it's hard to explain. Like, I enjoy the action in it and... Uh, but I don't think that it's actually that good of a movie because it's it's sort of the yeah uh plot tension based on miscommunication and not want and wanting to protect people by not mm-hmm. telling them things and it's yeah. like this isn't a rom com. <laughs> oh, what if they had a MCU rom com? Isn't that basically what Guardians of the Galaxy is? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> It, they come the closest. <laughs> Probably, yeah, I guess. Well. Uh. Oh, we made it. Yeah. We did our first pop culture review. I don't think we have a future in this, though. I don't either. I was... <laughs> we're not very good at it. <laughs> no, we're not. I don't know enough about movies, and like I haven't seen all of the MCU films, so... Well, we didn't take notes. Mm.